Hello and welcome to the Screen Chronicles. I'm Colby, with me as always is Steve. And if you're listening to us, you'll know our special guest today from The Last Kingdom as Ethelhelm. Adrian Schiller, welcome to the Screen Chronicles. Thank you very much for having me. How are you doing today? I'm well, I'm well, thanks. It's a lovely day here in, I'm in Norfolk in East Anglia in England, which is, if you don't know where that is, it's the sort of ear-shaped bit on the side. Okay. On the okay. Right-hand side. <laughs> Very cool. And how are things there with like uh, the lockdown and everything? Are things opening up now? It's opening up now, yeah. I mean, okay. you know, we hope that it's not too early. We don't really right. know. But um, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that um, people in general are being more sensible. So with a bit of luck, it'll be all right. I mean, people do wear masks. They're observing the social distancing mostly. So we'll right. see. I mean, if we get a resurgence, we get a resurgence, don't we? So. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But um, so what do you do during the day to keep yourself busy? Well, I'm here. I'm, in, I'm on the coast uh, in the country. So um, I, I'm here with my family, with my partner and my little son. And we go out sailing and we go for long walks. And uh, nice. my partner plays the piano. She plays the piano. So she does that. I play the guitar. So I do that. And Beautiful. Writing and reading and cooking and you know, <laughs> hey, it sounds like a good do what life. we can to stop ourselves going mad and waiting for work <laughs> to restart. Really, yeah. Have you have you heard anything? If there's like a rough plan, season five was just announced. Have they said Congrats, anything the where they think they when they might start filming or anything like that? Well, I think the plan is to start um, at the end of the year, but I think it. I mean, at the moment, everything is very tentative, and it is to do with COVID. So, I mean. That's what they want to do, and we'll we'll wait and see whether it actually happens. I mean, I I think that I think there's a it's more likely than not that we will start filming before Christmas, but I don't think anyone's in a position to guarantee it. Uh, right, I, I, just because the world is what it is at the minute. So just like everything else in the world right now, nothing's yeah. guaranteed yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, Steve and I really bonded over the Last Kingdom. It became our favorite show very quickly. Ethel Helm is introduced in season three, and right away, we can tell this guy's going to be tough. Um, he doesn't take crap even from Alfred. So uh, <laughs> how did you become involved with The Last Kingdom? Uh, they asked me. I mean, it was, okay. it was very nice. It's one of those you know, jobs that crop up fairly infrequently, but in this particular case, they just said, do you want to come play this character? Uh, and I had a look and thought, yes, I do. I mean, I think that the... Um, the way it's structured, the way the, the sort of ongoing process of writing means that they can experiment with characters and decide whether they want them and whether they've got legs and they want to carry on going with them. So True. I think in the, in the first place, it was a sort of probationary few episodes. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> well, I guess, you know. I don't That's know. I mean, there's a balance of characters. So, you know, you've got the sort of, young muscly boys and the sexy girls and the sexy muscly girls and all the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got, then you've got the, the gray beards like me um, <laughs> and they've got, they've got rid of Odda by that point. And the um, was on his way out, I suppose in a way that also, of course, Alfred himself was dying. So yeah, they needed, they needed to get their, um, their elder statesman in Absolutely. lined up. <laughs> <laughs> So I think maybe I got the job because everyone else died. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting you say that because we talked to Harry McIntyre and he told us about how 
he wasn't originally um, planned to be in a lot of the scenes in the second half of season one, but he thought that maybe he had such a strong performance early on that maybe they liked his character there and that might have helped I him go. So it's interesting. Well, I mean, Harry, he certainly did have a very strong performance and I think that um, he's much missed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think he had a very, you know, a, su- a suitably dramatic end, which oh, I, yeah. I, I think his character very much earned. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think probably they, you know, if the, if the writers, if, if, you, if your character takes the imagination of the writers and the fans, very importantly, I mean, you know, there's feedback all the way through from the fans, people will be listening to that. I mean, that, well, that doesn't necessarily mean that people are going to do what you want. I mean, look what happened to Star Wars, but, um, <laughs> or indeed Game of Thrones, if it comes to that. But, yes. Um, yeah, you hit the nail on the head with that. <laughs> yeah. but, um, but people, I mean, but, you know, they, the producers and the writers will have an ear for these things. Um, they have to. That's, otherwise, they wouldn't be doing those jobs, I suppose. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think that the rivalry between Ethel Helmond, Elswith, mm-hmm. and to an, extent with, to an extent with Uhtred, they found to be, you know, quite a, quite a what's the word, fecund. <laughs> uh, and you know it's good for building stories on so they've they've pursued it yeah. yeah especially in season four you really stir the pot quite a bit yeah sure. yeah well i mean i i do think i mean you know obviously ethelhelm is not a very cuddly character but you know he's but he's he's not out and out evil i mean he's true he just wants his grandchildren to inherit you know and really everybody in the one way or another, pretty much everybody, all the main characters in the series are looking to consolidate their power one way or another. Hmm. So, I mean, he goes about it in a way which maybe you don't like, and um, there may be other characters which people feel are more deserving, but he's not really doing anything very, very different. Yeah. I mean, he may, may involve murdering children and poisoning ladies. Wow. But, you know. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's something even in the first episode of uh, the fourth season that you even bring up because everyone, a lot of people get behind Uhtred. We love Uhtred too. But he is, he does like to, I guess, kind of use people when he wants something though too. And it's even something you point out, your character that. points out when Edward, he's like, oh, so when did your your dream of united england come about utred and you're like oh well when it aligned with his well, when you when it realized it was in your interest yeah. yeah yeah absolutely and um you know utred is um well how do you put this nicely he's a mass murderer <laughs> <laughs> somebody put together a video which i saw on the on the i think on one of the fan sites or something I mean, in the first three seasons, he's killed like 120 people oh with it's, his bare hands. You know, uh, so it's truly, a, it's a matter of perspective. It really is a bit of a matter of perspective. If you're just going to put it down to straightforward deaths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Uhtred wins that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you get on the fan sites. What, what sort of reception do you kind of see or get from your end? Well, I, I, do, I don't that much, to be honest. I think there, there are maybe other people in the cast who do more. Um, every now and then, you know, in the cast WhatsApp group, someone says, oh, have you seen this or have you seen that? So stuff pops up. And that was quite a funny video. It was just, it just went through all the times that Uhtred stuck his sword in somebody or strangled someone or threw them off a building or whatever it might be. And so, and then it had a sort of um, a running total 
at the bottom. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, on a, the crawl on the bottom. Well, now I have to see this. I, to see <laughs> I know we got we got to look that up after this. That's great. So, so backing it way up, how did you even get into acting? Oh well, I'd always um, I'd always wanted to. I I mean, I spent a bit of time getting a degree and things like that because okay. you know parents insist on you doing things like that. Well, some parents do anyway. But I, I mean, I did a lot of I did a lot of amateur stuff while I was at university, um, just in the, the drum society and so on. There, and we put on some fairly decent shows. Um, and then there was a group of us who formed a little theatre company, um, who were acting festivals, sort of. Well, it was sort of semi-professional and then professional, just immediately after that. So I sort of, I sort of segued into it you know and then eventually uh, i suppose it gets careers like that get a, they get their own momentum or they don't and i was lucky enough right. that it sort, sort of did early on so i i got an agent and i got better jobs and you know a few years further down the line i felt that i could you know genuinely say i was an actor rather than a sort of cool. enthusiastic amateur but so very cool but that was 30 years ago now so i think i think i can say it you yeah. can say it absolutely <laughs> <laughs> and who are some of your bigger inspirations um well there's so many um yeah. i mean what what i mean one of the i was looking at that question and that's it's it's one of the it's an odd question really because i don't just i mean you know you can look at marlon brando or you know mm -hmm. people who are fantastic film actors who Everybody has seen it. But I think for me, the thing that's, that's actually more exciting is just working with somebody and finding cool. it to be a very productive relationship. Or just the, the honour of, the, literally the honour of being on set and watching somebody of... I mean, I did, did a while ago, I did a small part in a film of the Shakespeare play Richard II, which was for Channel 4, I think. It was uh, the Patrick Stewart was playing John of Gaunt. And there's that, you know, that very famous speech of the septed isle you know there's all that the um the thing about england and we we were filming it in a i think a 14th century church in london st brides <clears throat> they use it for a lot of film work it's absolutely beautiful but we're just sitting there in this fantastic beautiful ancient building and you know patrick sitting there giving it large and it was just fantastic you know that that oh. sort of thing it's 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 i i mean you you can admire people from afar sure. and there are there are too many to choose from really there but, are, i mean the the being actually right in the middle of it with somebody that that caliber that's that's really something so speaking of working with people on the last kingdom all we hear about is how cohesive everybody is from the cast and crew could you compare your oh experience? they're lying yeah they're lying the lying you. okay <laughs> god everybody knew it. hates knew it. each other they're all bitching right. <laughs> <laughs> don't believe any of that shit jesus <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry to bore you but actually they are a really nice group of people oh yeah uh, and, and i think i think also um because we sh because we're all shooting on location um, we're all based in Budapest and everybody's away from home. Well, more or less everybody's away from home. You know, they, it's, it's a very, you know, it's a very tight knit group. Inevitably, you know, people are spending the large part of six months in the same city. I mean, you know a few other people, but basically you know each other. 
So you you eat together, party together, sleep <laughs> together sometimes, maybe. <laughs> but again, I'm not saying a word. No, that's a lie. Nobody ever. Nobody in the last kingdom ever ever has sex under any circumstances. Good. We fi- yeah, we figured. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they do with each other. It's, like, it's a bit disappointing, isn't it? Yeah. But, yeah. Um, no. <laughs> but it's uh, but it's um uh, it's 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 a really nice group of people. Yeah, and um and it's a lovely place. To, Budapest is a is a wonderful city. So it's very, very enjoyable. Awesome. Who do you like doing scenes with then? Who do you like to interact with or watch from afar from The Last Kingdom? Uh, well, I mean, I, I love the scenes with Elswith in the last one. Um, Breda was, again, that was, that was great fun. She beat you up um, a little bit. A little bit, yeah, she did. <laughs> <laughs> there I was thinking she was going to be my buddy. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I got to beat up Uhtred a bit. That was quite good fun. Yes, you did. I like the sort of intriguey stuff, which I suppose most of it is. I mean, and there was a, I like that little scene that I shot with uh, with my daughter, where she, when I was asking her whether she was, you know, what the chances were of getting another child, and she said, well, Edward wasn't really showing much attention. <laughs> and I was telling her she really should try harder, which is <laughs> very kind of, really kind of weird. But, yeah, it know, is. There we go. <laughs> You really should try a little harder, Doug. Got a strength like line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> After all, I taught you. And then, um, then of course, and uh, the stuff with uh, with Elswith with the poisoning, I thought was 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 fun to play. Uh, it was interesting stuff. But I mean, I suppose because Ethelhelm's always always trying, at least, to stay one step ahead. Uh, yeah. you know, one step ahead of the opposition one step ahead of other people who are plotting. I mean, you know, you, it's perfectly, his, his daughter is married to Edward and they've got a son and that son should be the Ethling. And he's got every reassurance that although Edward might have been, you know, going off being a boy beforehand, that that was not a real marriage and those children are not legitimate. So he's absolutely within his rights, really. And he, he can see what Elspeth's up to. Absolutely. So it's not, it's not, it's difficult to really see how he is being any less, well, uh, how he's being any more wily than she is. You know? mm-hmm. It's a good point. Edward in, the, Edward in the middle of it just doesn't seem to know what's going on with all that stuff anyway. He doesn't seem to express any sort of interest in any of it. So. He doesn't want anything to do with his sons. He just, <laughs> his wife, no. He <laughs> doesn't like his wife. He's not even sure about his ex-wife. So what kind of research did you do getting ready for the role? Um, well, with this, because it actually came very quickly. So really, it was just a question of um, get a hold of the scripts and have a have a a good look at that. I mean, it's usually reading around the subject matter would be more advisable or important. In this particular case, it isn't really because the because the the scripts diverge so much from the books that the books don't really right. the books are more of a, a bit a bit of a diversion in a way from what you're looking at. As far as the period is concerned, I was you know, fairly clear about the period already. So okay. it's, sometimes it's better to just sort of stick yourself in the middle of, of that. You know, what, what do you actually do? Where, you know, who are your friends? Who aren't? How do you, what, just trying to work all that stuff out. But it was, um, I was in the middle of something else, but I think it was only about three weeks or so 
notice wow. before it's done, or maybe a month, maybe a month, something like that. I can't something remember. Nothing. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't a lot. It wasn't a lot. With six months, another six months coming up this time. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, a, it's worked out. I mean, it's been a very happy um, offer for me. I very much enjoyed it. And um, I think it's great stuff. Awesome. Did you know you were going to make it into season five? In the first place, I just knew I was going to do a minimum of three episodes in season three. So everything beyond that has just been, you know, Christmas, frankly. Awesome. You know. <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'll survive season five though. <laughs> I was surprised I to survive this season. Uh, I was kind of because normally <laughs> the people who cross Utrecht, they they normally don't make it out of the season. But Heston has made it, and you made it too. You were eating an yeah, apple so at I the end. Yeah, I reckon saving that one up for the next. <laughs> yeah, it's probably going to be a big moment. In yeah, I just made five. it. I'm not sure if Elsewhere's going to make it. Pe- pe- I mean, people will expect somebody who has <clears throat> plotted against the protagonist to such a degree right. eventually he's just going to have to it's going to come up against it i mean it's unavoidable uh, but apart from that all the stuff i read on twitter particularly everyone just said oh we hate him so much why <laughs> i won't someone kill him <laughs> every time he opens his mouth i want to punch him in the face oh, but, you know. <laughs> which is fine that's what i'm there for so. yeah <laughs> But yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to make it. I mean, I don't know for sure. I don't, none of it's, everything about season five is shrouded in mystery, but uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's unlikely. Yeah, I think that'll be my prediction too. I think that's probably going to be a big moment in season five, maybe like some fan satisfaction or something. I don't know how though. It'll be interesting. I'm interested in the influence Elfward, um, your grandson, uh, Elflood's son, is going to have um from you going forward i think that's going to be a big part of season five too is, well, is he going to be more influenced I, don't know by... what, I don't know what the um what the time jump is yet that's um, a great i mean i mean if it's if it's years then he'd be a much bigger boy um and that makes that makes things different it also i don't know whether there's uh, and I can't remember historically whether she had any more children. Um, so, you know, that's, that stuff is all, that they're very important. I mean, I, I, my guess is they'll take a bit of a leap. You know, it's just allow, it just allows you to make a few, you know, basic changes if you have to carry on with, you know what I mean? Right. It's just, a, it's a convenient, it's a convenient um, sort of writing thing, isn't it? To just say, right, if we were, if we go two or three years forward, yeah. what's changed? Now, you don't need very much. To, you can you can kill off a couple of people if you don't want them. You can add in a couple of new ones if you do. Right. You know, that sort of thing. So right. My the guess infor- is they'll do that because it's just helpful. Absolutely. The unfortunate thing about that is that young, the two young boys that play the um, Elfward and Athelstan are fantastic. So there's probably is going to be a time jump, I'm guessing. So we're going to be losing those actors. Well, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but I mean, was, they were great, though. They were really yeah, good. Yeah, but I mean, again, the the, I mean, it'll be nearly, it'll be over a, it'll be nearly 15, 16 months or something from the end of the last, from finishing shooting the last one to this. It was quite a, they'll be quite a lot bigger. That's true. And young kids change much more quickly than adults do. So I, I yeah. think that they might. I mean, I don't. Again, I don't know. But I would have thought. Yeah, maybe they could probably carry on. I'd love to see more of that Ethelstan. He was really, really good. That kid. <laughs> yeah, he's excellent, isn't he? He's really oh good. Oh God! Yeah. 
Yeah. And you have some really good moments with him too, when you kind of become a little friendly with him to see if he's Ethelstan, really Ethelstan. <laughs> that was a great scene. Yeah. Yes. He gives you, yes, those sort of butter and melt looks and, and yeah, he's really, he's really good. Really good lad. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now there was a real life Ethelhelm. Did you do any research on him? Well, I looked him up um, and I knew, I sort of know who is, um, you know, where he came from and, and, and so on. But again, it's, uh, you know, I mean, I must be coming across as a very lazy actor, but I think, you know, my, the, the point is to play a character on the page. Um, right. And there's not, there's nothing really that informs that very much taken from, from that. It's very much Bernard Cornwall invention. Yeah. All Stevens mentioned, I suppose, but um, they—they—it's—he's it, not that person, and he was bugger all known about him apart from, you know, where when he was born, when he died, his parents were, and his brothers were, and so on. So, but right. yes, he certainly exists. One of our favorite parts too was the part where you and Citragear meet up. He starts to take the town, and he—he he offers you this sort of choice, whether to duel him or to surrender, and you—you you choose to surrender. Yeah. And then he kills all the guys, though. So what, what was the other option, then? If, if you would have fought him, would all the guys have lived? Or, well, <laughs> no, I don't they understand. would have all died, and they would have all died, and I would have died. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I think that him, um, him murdering all the guards was just him being a you know, bloody-minded Dane, but um, I don't think that was the expectation. Right. Um, but... I mean, I didn't. I don't. I don't think Ethelhelm expected him to murder them. If I, if I, you know, um, you seemed kind of disturbed by it. Well, I mean, there was a kind of there was a it was sort of un, it was a sort of unnecessary bit of rubbing my nose in the fact that we'd been quite so defeated. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing I could have done about it anyway. The place was essentially undefended. Um, you know, it, it might have been a few guards who had none of very good job but there wasn't a, there wasn't a, the, the town wasn't even really garrisoned everybody was off fighting in Mercia so I'd, we'd been left undefended by the king you know um, and against my advice so I don't yeah, that's but true. It, I think I think that I think that I think that um, when Siegfried does that he's just underlying that he is you know, basically without mercy. Gotcha. Interesting. But if a guy, if basically someone's pointing a gun at your head and says, well, you can either surrender or I'll shoot you through the head, then you yeah. know how much choice have you got? <laughs> exactly. I mean, you I can mean, say, go ahead. Do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that was the situation. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> another another funny, uh, I, I don't know, just an interesting bit that we, we thought from was when you were with Aylesworth in the, the prisoner room. And I think, was it Aylesworth, Colby? Mm-hmm. That asks, like, oh, how, what do you know away or something? She said, say, she, would, she said she would, like, throw herself on the knives. And you say you know a way to do it with a cloth. Oh, yeah. And we were just well, like... Um, <laughs> <that> sounds terrible. <laughs> how would that work <laughs> with a cloth? We were just like... Just a cloth. That sounds terrible. To use a cloth to, to off yourself. I assume it's just to choke yourself. Yeah, oh, that's, what I, that's oh. kind of what I thought too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that was interesting. But then Aylesworth gives you a great idea 
<laughs> about the yeah. purple flower and you just see the light in your eyes oh <laughs> well i i think i think that the the uh yes exactly but the yeah i think the fact that even when they're all of them you know imprisoned by danes that the thing that's really top of his agenda is to try and get rid of elsewith <laughs> it is pretty awesome like yeah we might all die but at least she'll die first <laughs> <laughs> now you mentioned now you don't see ethel helm as much of like an evil guy but certainly is an antagonist in the show do you enjoy playing that kind of antagonist yeah. oh yeah yeah i mean it's it's uh, yeah i mean it's more reactive which is which is always nice because you're having to adapt to events as they go along and almost certainly it's not going to be a smooth ride. So that's, that's all good fun. Um, and that you're constantly looking for favor, you know, you're looking to um, seduce or pers persuade or, you know, uh, get people to trust you even when they shouldn't or whatever it might be. So it's all, they're always, they have to be, uh, uh, very malleable, resourceful characters, right. protagonists. Which I think is which I think is fun. Yeah. the The question of whether he's evil or not is, I mean, just from the point of view of acting, it is is you know, it's not very interesting. I mean, you know, I can twiddle my moustache and go, if I want right. to, but I mean, it's, he's not he's not an out and out baddie in that sense. He's he's somebody who's got a very very particular focus about what he wants ambitious and doesn't he's ambitious he doesn't know well, he's ambitious for his grandchildren yeah i mean none of this is coming to him right. i think i think he enjoys the power i think he likes to be the power behind the throne yeah uh, he's not a particularly flamboyant person he doesn't need people to know he prefers to work quietly and get his way but um yeah he's certainly ruthless yeah he doesn't you know he doesn't but I don't, I mean, I, again, I, you know, I just point you in the direction of pretty much any of the other characters. I mean, how much do exactly. they really, really value human life for the sake of it? They, they exactly. don't, really. I mean, they're perfectly happy to sacrifice people all over the place in order to get what they want. So, I mean, he's not that different. That's, that's a good point. But, yeah. He'd wait, but, I mean, he's not, he's not quite as charming. He doesn't smile as much. Maybe that's it. <laughs> He hasn't got Utrecht's, he hasn't got Utrecht's physique. That's it. No, no. <laughs> when we meet Ethel Helm, though, it's already, you know, he's, he's already done pretty well for himself. Is there any backstory that you had in your head for him that we don't see before that? Well, only that he's probably sort of, he's kind of, you know, GOP. He's arch-conservative. He's, yeah. and he's, and he's not being convinced, I think, by, Alfred's plan to mm. bring together, you know, England uh, or the Saxon nations. I mean, he's a very rich man with a, a large army of his own who's really kept separate up to that point. So, I mean, obviously he's seen an opportunity there um, and he doesn't have sons. So he needs to marry his daughter in order right. to, to secure his legacy. I mean, I think that he's somebody who's, who has deliberately sat on the sidelines and bided his time. Yeah. You know, the, the way in which kings operated really until, you know, into the 19th century, I suppose, very, very powerful noblemen were basically 
all well, you know could were completely in charge of their own bit of land. They could do whatever they liked. There wasn't any imperial or royal or yeah army that could really just march in and take it. So if you want to just sit at home <clears throat> in your however many thousands of acres and just say. I'm staying here now, it's mine. I mean, unless he got into trouble, but obviously he was sufficiently powerful and sufficiently yeah. well defended to, to not have to worry about the Danes too much. So I, think he was, I just think he's waiting for his moment. Yeah. And do you see him as the person who kind of brought that knowledge of like the fortifying uh, Winchester with the, with the walls? Is that kind of his influence early in season Well, he four? did, yes. I mean, I think that was, yeah. I mean, his, his whole... I mean, he, he's, again, he's sort of rather conservative the way he does those sort of things. He, he, it's not his, he doesn't go, let's go and attack, let's go and attack. He says, you know, build fortifications and move out and let them come to us. If they do, then we're, then we're able to. But I mean, all this business of all these young, hot-headed boys running off to fight each other. It doesn't, you know, they just, just one lot wins and the other lot wins. It's a silly way of doing it. So, yeah, I think that is his influence. I mean, also, he's, he's very military-minded. I mean, he was, you know, he was not interested in the library. Yeah. Um, and that, that was actually changed then into a sort of war room, wasn't it? Yep. You know, he's a bit of a Nazi, really. I, just, I think, well, I mean, I think in that, you know, he, he's, he's seen as a, as, a, as a cold, rather merciless, rather uncultured man in that sense. He's not, he's not got any of the subtlety that Alfred had. Right. But that's kind of worked for him probably, you know, before we met him and obviously he was very successful yeah, in whatever he did. Absolutely. Yeah. But then we see that again when you say to Elfward, you know, you, you, if you rule the sword, you rule the land. Um, so we'll see if that's kind of maybe foreshadowing for what kind of character um, your grandson's going to be. We'll see. Um, it becomes pretty cool. Yeah. So what were some of your favorite scenes to shoot? from season four or even season three? It's, it's quite difficult to choose. I mean, uh, as I said, I love doing that stuff in the, in the chapel when we were all imprisoned. Uh, I, yeah. I love that little scene I had with Harry at the wedding as well. That was, that was great. Um, yeah. The big battle scenes are, are marvelous. I mean, I, mean I, I haven't actually been involved in much of the battles themselves, but the, uh, the aftermath of the battle with the Welsh was... was the Ten Hall. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, and, and um, you know, you tell that. Apple flood off. Yeah, uh, I mean, and quite rightly, you know, I mean, they've made a terrible mess of everything, you know. It is awful. I mean, that, that's the thing you've always got to remember. You've got this guy you don't like who's telling off one of the characters that you do like. Right, you go, but, right. Yeah, but he's right. <laughs> he's right. She's got a load of people killed yeah. completely unnecessarily. It's because same, she didn't yeah. do what she was told. Exactly. <laughs> it's the same thing with Alfred a lot. Like, we don't like him a lot, but if you look from his point of view, it's no. like, I mean, would you do anything different from his point of view? You know, it's... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, that's, that one, kind of I think that's one of the really... I think it's one of the things that David did so well, and also yeah. I think it is obviously, it's obviously in the writing, that he's not concerned with, with being liked. Um, you know, yeah. he, he's obviously making very very measured and rather cold-hearted decisions quite a lot of the time um i think it's really good yeah it's fantastic and you know, we, one of the big scenes in season three when we noticed he was the haggle let's get down to the haggling <laughs> if you remember that yeah yeah uh, absolutely that's more right at the beginning i think 
yeah, yeah, it was yeah, early it was, on. Uh, and he says, oh, yes, I do like a good haggle. I do enjoy a good haggle. <laughs> yeah, something like, something like that. But uh, again, you see, in that one, Fred gives away a great deal more than you probably would have expected him to. And yeah. basically, I get everything that I asked for. Uh, you know, Alfred is not well, and he knows he's going to die. And um, I, I take the opportunity to get what I can out of him. But he rolls over. Yeah. One, he gives it to me. Yeah. One moment Steve and I really like uh, is when he says something about your daughter, about how I see your deep love for your daughter, and it just focuses on you just closing your eyes and nodding <laughs> in satisfaction. No, <laughs> <laughs> <Just, laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think was it's, I mean, I think some is it a deep love for your daughter or something or other? Both of them being parents. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Maybe I've got not the slightest interest in my daughter. <laughs> bless her. I mean, she's there for, as far as I'm concerned. She's useful. <laughs> exactly. But I don't. I don't think that he really. I think that that is one of the things that's 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 unattractive about Ethel Helm is he doesn't actually form the real friendships or relationships. I, don't, I think he's a bit of a psychopath from that point of view. He doesn't, you know, she's, 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 she's got a job to do. As long as she does her job, that's fine. Yeah. But I don't think there's any real basic affection. One of our favorite scenes, I think we, we touched on it briefly, was the scene where you take Ortrid uh, down to get tortured. You want to know the information about where yeah. Ethelfled's daughter's at. Uh, that was like the first sort of, I guess, torture scene we've seen in the show. Uh, how was that filming that scene there with the rest of the, the cast? It was fine. I think that I think that the fact that somebody would dare to treat to tread that way mm. was something that the fans, I think, found quite shocking. Um, and also, you didn't re you haven't really, although you might have suspected Ethel Helm was capable of that sort of thing, you've again not really seen him do it. I, I also think it was a very bad misjudgment mm. of Ethel Helm to do that because and i think that is his his weakness is that he underestimates people and he he would never have believed that utred is as clever as he is hmm. he thinks utred is just a sort of meathead warrior you know interesting who's a a, a although, although he might maybe a saxon by blood he's basically a dame and so he's, he's not to be trusted he's impulsive he's Guided by bloodlust or just lust, <laughs> um, and he and he doesn't he wouldn't really think of him as being a strategic thinker, and that's a mistake because he obviously is. Yeah, that traces back to season three too when he comes in the, uh, from the Dane camp, and you're pretty much telling everyone that he's probably a spy, and so yeah. But it's interesting yeah. because you haven't really been around to see Uhtred's history other than he looks like a Dane. You know, so yeah, exactly, I, and there's yeah. and there's nothing in the chronicles about it. That's famously that's part of that season, really. And yeah, um, yeah no, as far as I'm concerned, he's just a, just this heathen who goes everywhere with arm, you know, arm to the teeth, and doesn't even worship the right gods. So he's right. He's, um, and I think that's an important. Again, that's with the sort of conservative hat on. You know, it's very important to Ethel Helm that people are Saxon Christians, not because yeah. he believes in God. It's just that that's those are the those are the people who are on my side. Yeah, gotcha. And okay. if you lie out, if you lie outside that, then you're automatically untrustworthy or suspect. Interesting. 
Yeah, going going along with what you said, uh, Edward eventually pulls your character aside, and he even tells him, you know, what you've been doing hasn't been very Christian. You know, he's like, which was which was funny that he pointed that out. You know, as far as getting Ellswith locked up and Uhtred beat up. Yeah, yeah, but I, you see, I, I don't, I don't, I think that Christian is just kind of the name of his team. I don't yeah. think it's gotcha. something that he, I don't think that he takes. I mean, I don't think that makes him a hypocrite exactly. I think there are plenty of people whose identity is one thing and whose yeah. way of behaving is, is seems to be at odds with it. But I, I mean, not everybody who is a Christian in the 9th and 10th century would be a very devout person or somebody who necessarily knew a great deal about it. I mean, what, I mean the same as now. I mean, yeah. I, it's not a, it's not a, uh, that, I don't think that in itself is a terrible indictment. As far as he's concerned, you exercise power in order to get the things that you want. Right. And saying it's not very Christian is kind of, well, yeah, and. <laughs> <laughs> That's what else we got, Edward. <laughs> well, it's interesting. Edward does tell you to get the information out of Uhtred, and he tells you to publicly rebuke Ellsworth. You just kind of take it farther, you know, a little bit over the line maybe, but. He did ask you to get the info out or to try to get the info out. So it's interesting. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, Edward is angry with both of them. And I encourage that anger, which means that the instructions right. he gives me are sufficiently loose that I can just about say, I mean, he couldn't really go, you've overstepped yourself to such a degree. You've humiliated me and made a nonsense of the chain of command. So I'm going to have you executed. You know, right. it, it, uh, I was just about within the letter of, he didn't not say the spirit, but within the letter of the law. He didn't say not beat up Uhtred. <laughs> no, exactly. he said get the info. <laughs> he said get the info. Yeah. He didn't specify. So, <laughs> but it's interesting. And then I love the scene where you go to the guard, Canrick, uh, kind of the new right hand man after Steapa, yeah. and um, you kind of say, "Well, the king wouldn't say this, but it's what he wants." That kind of <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, and but I mean, Canrick's very much my man. I think. Yeah. It seemed like Steapa so, kind of became your man too early on. Well, they, I think that for you know again these are not they, they, these guys aren't strategists and they but they they do believe in the sort of fairly forceful rule of law and that's yeah. what their job is. So if they have somebody who's supporting that, they're not in a position to contradict me either. I mean, I'm sort of unofficial second in command. True. But, so all I've really got to do is is say, I'm taking responsibility for this and they'll do it. Absolutely. So what are some things that you love about Ethelhelm? I, I like his resourcefulness. I like the fact that although he gets knocked back quite a lot, he never ever gives up. I, I like his intelligence. I like the fact that he's not impulsive. He never, he never really does anything without thinking it through. I mean, I quite like if he was impulsive, but, but, um, but I think he's a, I think he's a, a well a well thought out character. Yeah. I find it very intimidating that to have somebody that smart within the palace of Winchester in Edward's ear and to see that he's walking around at the end of season four, like nothing's wrong uh, is kind of an intimidating thing leading into season five for sure. Yeah. Well, I think that's good. I, I'm, I'm glad that's the case. I'm glad that's the case. I mean, I don't, I don't think that he's necessarily any, any more intelligent than, than, you know, Elspeth or Edward or, Utrecht or you know many of them or indeed Elfled. Um 
Ethelflaed, but I think that the um, I think the thing is that that's that's his shtick, you know. That's the that's the the center of what he's he's doing. I mean, with Elswith, the center is sort of to continue the the crusade, if you like. Um, with Edward, it's somehow to be his father's son, you know. Right. With Uhtred, it's to get bloody Bevenberg back again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so he's doing really badly at that. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. I hope he gets it. Hope he gets it this time. You know, I know. Bless him. I know. We'll see. Fifth Don't time's the charm. That's what they <laughs> always say. <laughs> That's the phrase. Yeah, he's very good at fighting other people's battles. He's not so good at winning his own. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So, what are some challenges when it comes to playing um, Ethelhelm? Uh, the costume is very, very hot. So that's really a challenge. Well, I mean the the Hungarian summers are pretty hot. So they look really hot. Yeah. You know. But but when you're when you're when you're on a horse with armor and bloody great fluffy cloak and then it's forty degrees, that's that's it is a challenge, frankly, not yeah. to just faint and fall off. <laughs> um, I think the th I think what I what I want to do, what I try to do, is is really to do as little as possible because I, I think. The, it's so, so much of what he does sort of speaks for itself that if you overlay it, I mean, it's a good, it's a good sort of basic tip for acting anyway, is do as little as possible. But by which, uh, by which I mean, you know, uh, don't tend to overspeak. People don't tend to, people tend to think that just saying the thing that they mean will communicate whatever it is they're trying to say. Gotcha. That applies to people in, on the on the TV as well. So, yeah. but I, I think that he is he is he is somebody who is naturally of of very little words. He plays his cards very close to his chest. You know, the temptation, the temptation. Every now and then, he he might sort of shout. But generally speaking, I mean, even even if he's even in that torture scene with Utrecht, it's just sort of saying, "Well, why don't you just tell us? Because it would be quicker. <laughs> this is going to happen <laughs> if you don't." Um, Absolutely. But there's no, it's, there's no kind of, you don't have to add anything to that. Gotcha. The, the stories we were told. So. Yeah, that's that's one thing we talked earlier about the Star Wars and how it kind of didn't go the way everyone wanted it to go. I noticed the bad, the antagonists in that, they really a lot of them yell a lot. You know, Hux and uh, Kylo Ren, they're doing a lot of yelling. They're very emotional all the time. Uh, at some point, yeah. But you see, I think they're different. So that's a that's a different kind of, you know, the the if you're on the dark side of the force, then you're kind of boiling with hatred, aren't you? I mean, that's sort of, you know, the if you if you're a Sith, you know, you're that there's a it's a very active anger, which is constantly going on. Whereas you know, if you're on the good side of the force, then you then you stay calm. You know, yeah. but I don't think again. You see, I don't think that this is. He's a. He's not an angry baddie. He's a. I mean, I mean, I'm not. You know, Ethelhelm is a. Is a relatively cool plotter. Yes. Um, and that's why. Can, that's why when it, when, whenever he fails, he can always reach for something else because it doesn't destroy him to lose. Yeah, and he's not going no. <laughs> he's he's more of the old empire like the original trilogy you know he'd be in there with darth vader i think he'd be up I on there he's more like palpatine really although i think yeah i think yeah be, but that's but that's maybe I, i'd be overstating my 
both my own abilities and his role to, to bet the comparison. But I mean, he's more, he is more like the sort of smiling thinking person than he is the, you know, I don't know, somebody, some berserker. Well, the, the berserkers, you see, the berserkers are the, are yeah. the, are the Danes. Yeah. I mean, they literally are. They, they love it. Um, and, the, the, you know, Breeder is completely motivated by revenge. That's, yeah. And she and she wants her revenge, and she wants to drink it down, and you know, have a bath in the blood that comes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's where you get that, but not 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 Ethelhelm. He's not interested in that. He, he quietly, I mean, I don't think. I mean, I don't think that Ethelhelm will really take massive satisfaction from achieving what he wants. Interesting. Ah. It does um, seem once he's done it, it's kind of okay. Next, yeah. Whereas, you know, Heston <laughs> gloating over Uhtred hanging upside down from the tree. <laughs> I mean, he could have done that for. It does seem like reputation is something that's very important to Ethelhelm, though, because of um, there's a scene in season three where they're talking about, oh, we heard a rumor about you in the whorehouse in the alehouse. Well, I think that's yeah, but not reputation in the. I think he has a. a a fear of humiliation. I think that's a different gotcha. thing. I okay. think, he, I think he, he likes likes to be treated with respect and um, to have, you know, some fat priest making insinuations about him going to the whorehouse is like, you know, who the hell's he? He's just a, he's just a, you know, a guy in a cassock. Uh, yeah. he really, <laughs> you know, I, mean, I got, I mean, I don't know who he is, but it's, it's like, that's, that's more a question of, hierarchy you know mm -hmm. yeah okay that's an interesting perspective there yeah i mean I, I don't know whether he really cares about if people are i mean i think as so long as people are respectful to him and scared of him okay yeah you know, i don't think he needs anyone to i don't need anyone to like him very much um but i don't think that he also i don't think he's interested in in fame in the viking sense of you know this sort of rep because that was very much a um, a Dane a Viking thing, wasn't it? This idea that yeah. all you really had was your reputation. Yeah. True, true. That's a good point. That's a good. Point. That's what you took with you to Valhalla. Valhalla. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. And and you got where you are, you know, kind of that softly, strategically, but you don't take crap from anybody either, you know. If somebody comes no, up and I mean, I, th I think he was, you know, he's a rich man. When he was a rich, you know, he's he's inherited wealth. You know, mm -hmm. he's an aristocrat. Yeah. And it doesn't mean he doesn't think he doesn't deserve it. But, um, you know, he's, he had a good head start, but he knew how to use it. Uh, one thing I really enjoy about your character is the way you can kind of turn a phrase, the way you kind of can word things to make it sound the way you want it to uh, sound to somebody. For example, when Uhtred's kind of talking about taking Bebember, and he's talking about, oh, it'll be great. You're going to have a foothold in Northumbria. You're going to, you know, be able to unite the kingdoms. And then you kind of turn it and, and use like the wording, um, you know, why do we want to ride to the frozen north uh, for a family yeah. feud? Kind of diminish what that is. That's yeah, cool. well, I mean, that's not, that's not me. It's nice. It's, I mean, well, it's, very nice. it's very nicely written. It's very it nicely is, written. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it is exactly that. It's just, I mean, basically I say, so these are the things you want to do, but I, but I pass it in a way which makes it seem a great deal less attractive. Without yeah. actually contradicting, um, yeah. But why, you know, why why would we want to go to a place that we don't really want to be, to weaken ourselves here when we've got Danes on our doorstep, 
to gain something which is of no particular use to us. I mean, you know, I can see which why is, you want to, Mr. Exactly. Uhtred, but I can't see why we would want to. It's not yeah. just out of spite for Uhtred. It's actually a, kind of a smart strategic thing that he believes for uh, Winchester and Wessex at that point. Well, I, I think that's true. And I think that, I mean, I, I think it is a smart strategic thing, but I think one of the, if you do think that he has uh, an, a different agenda, I mean, anybody who's pursuing their own agenda, if they can persuade themselves that asking for something which is to their advantage, if they can persuade themselves that they're asking for something, it's, it's a classic con man thing, really. If I'm a good con man, if I can persuade you that the thing that profits me actually profits you, and if I can believe that it profits you for as long as I'm doing the con, yeah. then I'm more likely to pull it off. It's, it's, not, it's not always a question of being, it's not always a question of, of lying or dissembling. Right. It's actually, it's actually to use, you know, Kellyanne Conway's phrase, it's, a, you know, it's an alternative facts. You know, find those alternative facts and believe them very, very hard. <laughs> it's interesting. It just it kind of reminded me of like the, the current news media about how it kind of can cover one event and one news media might put it as a negative light and the other might put it as a very positive light. And that's kind of yeah. how it kind of absolutely. That's very in. much. Yeah, very much so. And I think you know, particularly in the times that we're living in now, it's uh, I think a lot of people do have real difficulty in keeping a hold on on things being you know what is true and what is false and is this person acting for the good of the country or for their own benefit and are they whatever it is whether it's coronavirus or so, your upcoming election or you know i yeah. think i, I think it's a, there is genuine confusion absolutely um, and it's exploited by people it is yeah yeah speaking of current events and coronavirus episode six was kind of a yeah, weird well, one was... for us to watch. Could you talk a little bit about, like, you know, you filmed, obviously nobody knew what was going to happen when you guys filmed it. But, no, no, uh, no, because that was yeah. last summer, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah wow. that, it, did, it did have a funny kind of flavor to it, didn't it, as a result? <laughs> yeah, because uh, of when it came out and stuff, and uh, it was just interesting. Um, yeah. You know, closing the borders and everything. And Yeah, we were both in the heat of our quarantine in April when it came out, and it was just... <laughs> <laughs> just got, yeah. the heart, got the heart pounding, brought you back to reality during that episode. Yeah, well, we're not letting them into Mercier anyway. Closing <laughs> yeah. orders, yeah. <laughs> I think there were pretty regular regular sicknesses and plagues back around then. then, of course. I mean, there was no treatment for anything, so you, just had, yeah. you really did just have to let it go until people died, you know. Yeah, just had to try to protect it's really, yourselves. I find it quite extraordinary that anybody survived at all, frankly. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, that's what we were we were talking to Harry about. Just to be alive back then, you know, had to be so tough. Because you know, can you imagine? Well, like, life expect life expectancy was considerably shorter. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm in my mid fifties now, and that you know would have been old then. I mean, yeah. some people lived. Some people lived. You know, eighty, ninety years. Lucky ones. Yeah. Um, there was an awful lot more. I mean, I, and rural, rural living was, was, you know, very perfectly healthy. And yeah. you know, there's, there's a Viking burial near where I am here in North Norfolk, where, which was excavated a decade or two ago. And they, you know, the people there were, they were six feet 
tall and so on. They had good yeah. diets and nobody killed them. They were fine. So, I mean, I mean, if you could keep out of uh, urban living, I think was, was much more dangerous from the point of view of disease hmm. because nobody, nobody had any idea about hygiene. Didn't yeah. know what it was for really. So I think an awful lot of the sort of diseases that humans suffer from come from the fact that there are so many of us and we live in such close proximity. So it seems like you know your history pretty good. Are you a big kind of history buff um, before you got on the show? I read. <laughs> yeah. Had you read the books, the um, Bernard Cornwall books before? I hadn't, no. no. Uh, interestingly, actually, I, I didn't really know anything about I, I to, For my shame, I was, a big, I was a big fan of Vikings. I've been watching all oh. those. And when the fo- I, I just thought, I, just, I think I just finished watching season five or whatever it was at that point. And I was thinking, what should I watch now? And I was just starting to watch The Last Kingdom, and the phone call came in. I was like, oh, wow. I'll settle down, <laughs> settle down and watch a couple of seasons of this then. That'd be nice. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's yeah. Cute. We did the opposite. We watched Last Kingdom, and we were like, oh, we need more fix. And then we got to Vikings, which we also enjoyed very much. Mm-hmm. It's great. I think Vikings is super. I really do. Yeah. I really enjoy it. It's kind of yeah. like the prequel to uh, The Last Kingdom. <laughs> well, there is an overlap, and there are, the same, there are some couple of the same characters here and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They do it a little differently, but uh, yeah, they do. Yeah, but it's uh, yeah, they, they sort of they sort of feels like they're competitors. We're, we've always felt slightly like we were competitors, and we're quite so. so yeah, you know, people were quietly quietly pleased with the reception that, that season four got as a result. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we we always kind of preferred Last Kingdom. We did enjoy Vikings very much, but. Yeah, it's super. I, I, I think, you know, one shouldn't really compare, and certainly not from within the business. I think, you know, I like Last Kingdom better because I'm in it, and all my friends well. are. <laughs> but, I mean, I know Peter Franson quite well, who plays King Harold in the, in the Vikings. He's a lovely chap. I did a film with him, yeah. you know. So well, that's good, I think yeah. it's marvelous work. That's awesome. We're going to have a little bit more Vikings soon, and we'll have some Last Kingdom not too far, hopefully, in the, in the future. Any other bi- uh, shows that you like to watch? I've enjoyed The Witcher. That's good fun. Um, okay. In the same sort of vein. Um, uh, that's a lot of, I've just been actually, because it's sort of lockdown time, I've been going back and I've just restarted watching The Sopranos, which I okay. love The Sopranos. I tend to sort of wolf up something. What was I watching? Um, it's that gem show the dark dark oh watching? yeah i like that a lot it's so good yeah yeah really, yeah yeah really good yeah so we just did all that i mean we tend to settle down and watch a couple of episodes or something every night you know yeah. try not to binge it all i mean we were binging quite a lot when the but my baby's quite young still he's only 18 months so in those first few months when he needs to be fed every three hours whether you like it or <laughs> not and he just screams so if you were kind of on nights <laughs> sitting there and we'd each have we'd each have our shows that we would binge separately <laughs> sit has he gone to sleep yet no next <laughs> one uh, any we know last kingdom's coming up any other shows for you in the future or movies that we can look forward to any other works well there's a there's a, a movie that I just finished shooting actually we're supposed to have finished before christmas but we still had some pickups to do and then the uh, covid came along which is uh, it, it's called censor um the director's an uh, uh, English one called Prana Daily Bond. It's a relatively low-budget horror, but I think it should be really good. It's not going to be out for... I mean, they've literally just wrapped last week with the pickups. So I'm not sure when it will appear 
or the distribution. I don't know what the distribution will be in the first place. Um, you know, I should imagine that they'll do some festivals with it. I mean, there is other stuff in theory coming up for me, which I can't really right. tell you until it's, okay. until it's properly. I mean, I mean, I would do. It's just that the the difficulty at the moment is scheduling has got so difficult because everything's been pushed back by six months. So now everything that everything that you thought you were going to do, they're all sitting on top of each other and you just don't know which ones are going to work. And I, I'd hate to say, you know, I'm playing so-and-so in this series and then it ends up being somebody else. Not because of me, but be, partly because the role has to belong to whoever does it, you know. So, right. and there, so there's a couple of things like that which I very much hope I can do. But if I can't, then someone else is going to have to do them. <laughs> because that's just the way that they've got to get made one way or another. There's, I mean, there's, there's a, there's a backlog of shows that haven't been made. Gotcha. You know, gotcha. As you can imagine. Gotcha. And we need to get on and make them more. You're going to run at a telly. Yeah. That wouldn't do. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So do you have any other goals as an actor with your career? Anything else you'd really like to do? I haven't got specific goals in terms of roles because I don't know what's, what's out there, but, um, I liked, I mean, I like this, I, I like to play these sort of antagonist roles and I hope that those keep coming. Cool. I haven't done any theatre for a long time, in fact. And the last time I was at, did a stage show was six years ago now, because I've been doing sort of television and film mostly. And um, I missed that. I really would like to get back on stage. I mean, really, it's, it's bizarre. I mean, from the age of 17 or something, I don't think a year passed where I didn't do at least two or three plays. And then about six, six years ago, I've just finished doing a big thing in the West London and then just haven't done anything since. And that's, that's, it's just, it's just a bit strange. Really. I need to, to I need not be to. in theater. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I want to do some more theater, but I mean, I, I, I like these, I like this long, long form television and I like having characters which unfold over seasons yeah. and seasons. That's, that's a nice thing to be doing. So, I mean, I'd like to see more of that, but you know, we're, we're all rather in the lap of the gods. I mean, there are a, a small handful of people who can really do what they like in this business. Um, uh, and then there's quite a lot of people who do perfectly well, but they have to wait and see what's out there a little bit more. So I don't know. I, I think that, I, I think that uh, I suit my face better now than I used to. And I hope that helps. But uh, I, I'm, I'm in the lap of the gods a bit. I mean, I think the, one of the other things, is concentrating on your own on one's own work as an actor is an interpretive role and actually the creation of the characters and the creation of the stories is very much the producers and the writers job and it's good to stay a bit clear of that otherwise you've got the wrong the wrong bit of you invested i think well, for me i mean not for everybody but for me right. interesting is there yeah. any movie franchise or anything like that that you dreamed of being in or anything or just whatever <laughs> came? Well, I've heard they're starting to remake the Dune stuff. I'd be interested in that. Oh. Um, did you know that? Yeah, yeah, they are. I think Josh Brolin, I think he's in the new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But mm -hmm. I don't know how much of it. I mean, that's, it's a huge, the series of books is enormous. They're also they're doing the Asimovs, I believe, or the Foundation series. Oh. So those are things that you'd like to get into, maybe if the opportunity yeah, came across. Yeah, I, I would. I tell you what, I would like. I'd like to do a. I'd like to do a big, big sci-fi thing. I mean, I love it. I love a bit of sci-fi. Bit of space, you know, spaceships and lightsabers. Cool. Great fun. 
Hey, there's a good Star Wars. I guess just big old sci-fi. That'd be fun. Well, it looks like they're going to be making a lot of Star Wars movies, hopefully in a maybe a different direction than the last trilogy. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you never know. Well, I mean, I love The, the Mandalorian. It's fantastic. That's all I was going to say. I was going to say, I think you'd be really good as a like an Empire guy on The Mandalorian. I think you'd do really well there. Well, if they kill off, what, what's his name? Who was who's just emerged at the end? I like him. He was the guy who's in Breaking Bad. I've forgotten the actor. Yeah, name. oh, um, he plays Gus Fring in Breaking Bad and uh, Better Call Saul. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, the... he's fantastic. He's really good. Yeah, he's well, he's their, he's, their, he's their Empire evil man, isn't he? No? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he's going to be tough. They kind of yeah. introduce him pretty late, too, as a... As yeah, a so guy, he'll so. definitely be throughout season two. Yeah. But if they can kill him towards the end, then I can go in for season <laughs> <And> you three. Can... <laughs> you go steal that Darksaber, then you'll have yep. that. Then we'll get some... <laughs> That's how we'll do it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Steve, do you have any other questions for Adrian? No, no. Thank you again so much for uh, talking with us today. It's been great. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. And well, thanks very much for asking me. And I, um, you know, we'll we'll keep you. We'll try and keep you abreast of what's going on. I don't think I've let any trade secrets go yet, have I? About mm-hmm. next season. So I don't think so. I don't know anything. Yeah, yeah. We could have tried harder, though. You know. <laughs> yeah. <No. laughs> but it's um, not worth it. This is Netflix you're talking about. Yeah. Not a word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My lips are very, very legally sealed. <laughs> where can people find you if they want to see more of you we know you're on twitter um they can check out your imdb I, I, have... I do a bit of i do a bit of tw- i just i get angry about politics on twitter and then people want oh, to follow okay. me doing that they're very welcome but it's not it's not very show busy i i i don't really do socials much again maybe it's just i'm too bloody old but i i yeah it just confuses me i no, <laughs> what's the point what's the point of instagram what you just people put pictures of themselves doing things yeah, <laughs> yeah. You videos. Be, you just have to be young, and you have to be young and beautiful. Otherwise, it's pointless, isn't it? I mean, what's the anyway? Well, uh, here's a recommendation. Uh, <laughs> if you don't, if you don't want to be on it, don't start because it's very addictive. <laughs> it's really hard well, to get I off. Think, I think I've got. I think I've got an Instagram. Account. Oh, do you? I think someone said one for me. I don't think I've ever used it. Don't think so. If there's anything on it, wasn't me. There's a lot of funny. <laughs> if, there's a lot of funny. Like dodgy, definitely wasn't me. Uh, it right, wasn't you. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot of like funny videos, funny Star Wars memes and stuff. Steve and I share on there. That's right, what we like. yeah. right, right. So that's well, what we I'll like. have a look. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So thank you for everyone who's listened. Um, I'm Colby, and that's Steve from the Screen Chronicles. Today we got Adrian Schiller for a great talk. Um, please check us out. Please subscribe. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter. We're now on Twitter, everybody. So please check us out there. But from now on, um, goodbye from the Screen Chronicles and Adrian Schiller. Goodbye. Thanks again, guys. Yeah, thanks, Adrian.